Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. I thank you for the, this place and the people here. Whew, those that come here and those that are visiting here, Lord, I ask you to bless them, each one, and let your spirit rise up in them. Let hope arise. Let their enemies be scattered, Lord. Let the devil be scattered. Let the, let the devil's camp be scattered. Uh, I pray you'll bless each one, bless their children, bless their children's children, bless their nieces and their nephews and their uh, everybody linked to them, God, their community. Everywhere they go, I declare they will be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. It's good to be here uh, tonight. The Holy Spirit is here. Do you feel that? You feel the presence of God here? Who feels that? I want your hand up if you feel that. And the ones that are, put your hand up. Give glory to God right now. Are you hearing me? And you may not like me, but at least love the Lord. Amen? And put your hand up in the presence of God because he's here. I'm telling you to put your hand up because it's time for us to honor the Lord again. The body of Christ does not fear God like it should. There's a lack of fear in the body of Christ. Who, I was telling them at lunch today, they asked me, when I was in the detention center, how did I get out? Well, the Lord gave me a strategy, and I, the people who were answering the phones, they were uh, recent immigrants from Africa, which meant they were Christians. And over there, they fear the men of God. They fear God. Simple as this. So I knew that if they found out I was a man of God down there, they were going to be afraid because they did something unjust to me. Uh, we don't have that in the body of Christ in, in North America. People uh, don't honor the leadership the way they ought, and they don't fear the anointing as much as they should. Uh, they're quicker to back talk to you than listen to you as somebody who hears from God. And, uh, you know, the pro subject to the prophet, I get all of that, but uh, a lot of the problems we have is because the, the, the church isn't honored anymore. It's mocked. I saw people mocking us the other day. Uh, and they were having a good time at it too, but it's not going to go well for you if you continue in that. So honor and fear God, and uh, it'll go well for you. It'll go well for your family, amen? The blessing will be strong. So when I was there, I said, I called down, I was in the room, and I called down, I said, uh, you know, you guys have been putting me off for three days, you've been violating my human rights, which they had, 14 different things I had written up that were human rights violations, and I said, do you know, to the woman, I said, and you did this to a man of God? She said, you're a man of God. I said, yes, I'm a man of God. And you threw me in this detention center without even clean clothes for four days. You've not talked to me. You've not given me a razor to shave. 
She goes, oh, my God. I said, she goes, uh, and for three or four days, they've been putting me off, like wouldn't let me talk to anyone. She said, I'm going to try to con. Five minutes later, the other woman came, called. And this was, uh, it was a white woman who had authority, a manager. And because I had spent 15 years in government, in the central agencies, which were the places of great power in government, and I was an auditor, a report writer, I, I came at her with that hat. Because they don't fear God, but they fear, fear, the, fear man, you know what I mean? So I, I said to her, uh, you've been putting me off for days, and I want you to know you violated my human rights. Oh, no, no, we didn't, sir. Listen, I said, I spent 15 years in government working in the Treasury Board of Canada and the Auditor General of Canada. Now her, her blood boiled because she knows who I am. I said, I've written up a report. It is now on the desk of the official opposition of Canada, which is like in Canada, we, like you're Democrat and Republicans. It was on the Republicans' desk. And now they're going to bring it to question period to hold the government to account well, her blood, like she froze. I was out of that room 10 minutes later. <laughs> well, no apology, though. I did a little bit, but not much. But uh, I rebuked my way out of that situation. You got to know your authority, amen? Uh, people will walk all over you, but if you know who you are, uh, then it'll go well for you. God is good. Uh, I have a scripture I want to start with. It's in Romans chapter 15, verse 13. And I was looking for a scripture, and this one struck me because uh, it's, it's beautiful. It says, now may the God of hope, and that phrase, God of hope, it's the name of God, the God of hope. And hope is something that when you have it, it is wonderful I don't know if you've ever been, like, many, uh, most of you are Christians, I would assume. Some of you are not strong Christians, I know. And it's really hard for some of you, because you're weak, to have hope at all. But the, you guys are stronger, you know what I mean. Uh, when you're in the middle of your trial, and you call out to God, and he speaks, suddenly hope arises, amen? Who knows what I mean? Yeah, a few of you, the rest of you, I'm praying for you that you will get strength to seek God, amen, that you will hear his voice. He's the God of hope, and he says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Thank you, Lord. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Thank you, Father. Say, I'm a believer, that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. There's a lot in that right there. You know what I mean? He's the God of hope. May he fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So may God's faith arise upon you to have peace and joy in the midst of what you're going through. I remember years ago, I have, I have five young children. I had five young children. I have seven children, but I had five young children. And just before Samuel was born, who's the second to the last, um, I had a vision, and I saw him sitting on the floor. 
and he was 10 months old, and he was chewing, you know, he's, you know when the kid's teeth, he's chewing on something, and drool's coming out of his mouth. And I thought, that's odd. Why am I seeing Samuel like this, 10 months old? But I knew that God was giving me this vision because something was coming. He's the God who gives hope. So he's showing me an image of my son because a battle is coming. Well, let's say uh, the baby, he was born, and then 10 days later, I had to come to Syracuse to preach. Stuart, I think he's back there, Holtzclaw was me, with me. And uh, I, don't know, I, I don't know if it was a dream or whatever. I said, Stuart, I just saw ambulances rushing down the highway. And it was like an alarm within my spirit. Uh, and Stuart and I, we talked about that. Then we went off. We preached in two or three places. I was in a uh, church near Syracuse. I won't name the one because it don't matter. And there was a woman with a demon in her in that meeting. <laughs> Woo! She came up to me and I said, <laughs> I, could see, I, I looked at her and went, oh, there's a demon. And she comes up, I need prayer. I said, I'll get to it in a minute. Just like this, I'll get to it in a minute. Whew. And then I'm prophesying over the people. And then suddenly, like a, it was like a laughter rose right out of my belly, like a punch. And I remember the woman was right here. I went, ha, 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 she went, ah! <laughs> I don't know. Do you remember that, Stu? Whew. She goes... She goes, I'm free. I'm free. I can breathe. I can breathe. Just like this. It was like the demon just left. There was a demon on her that was, was stopping her from breathing. And if you don't believe that, I'm okay with that. You know, your lack of faith doesn't interfere with my faith. Uh, it did happen, and it was wild. Uh, but what happened right in that moment, that demon left her but went straight to my house. Jumped on Sam, who immediately stopped breathing. He turned blue in his mama's arms. He, he really pretty much died in his mother's arms. They were 25 minutes from the hospital and had to rush to the hospital. He came back uh, and started breathing in the car, but when they got to the hospital, he stopped breathing again. We talked to the people in the hospital, and they thought they were shocked to learn that he was still alive. But when Lydia called me, I said, honey, I had a vision. I saw him on the floor. He was 10 months old. He was only 10 days old when they said, he will be fine. We had hundreds and even thousands of people praying for him all around the world. And uh, he was in ICU for 10 days, hooked up to machines. Now, Lydia, this was her fourth son, and she nurtured every one of them. Not one of them uh, ever was away from her. I remember watching her and the pain inside of her, not being able to uh, feed him, watching the nurses change his diaper. Uh, it, was, it was painful for me to watch the pain in her. Uh, but God got us through it. In fact, he gave us a strategy. I said, Lord... How is this healing going to come about? And I had a dream, and I saw a, a woman preacher that I know who, uh, who was like a mama to me in the spirit. And I saw her, and the Lord said, I saw her come into the hospital in this vision. And I said, I called her. I said, you need to come. 
she came into that hospital. They never even tried to stop her. She was like, yeah, I'm a relative. Got in there. She prayed for him. This was day seven. The next day he was out of a ICU. God will do what he says. You know, the God of hope will give you joy and peace in believing. What does that mean? The visions will come for you to fight your battles with. The visions that come are really the rhema word of God. This is the word by the Holy Spirit that will come for you. And when it comes, you will know the truth of it and you will be able to fight your battles. In uh, 2017, uh, we had a house built for the family, a beautiful house. And uh, we went from like a little house to a house that was twice the cost of the previous one. And I knew he was saying, you got to get this big house. <laughs> oh, so we, we actually signed the contract. I put a big deposit down on the house. And it was like an eight-month period that took from the house to the time it was signed until we were going to move in. Two weeks before I moved in the house, uh, the banks decided they weren't going to give us the mortgage. It was actually seven or eight days before. It was not long before uh, that I had to get this new house and, and, and I called the banks. They said, no, we're not going to give you the mortgage now, which meant that I was going to lose the house and lose the deposit, which was significant. I was, I was stressed right out. Uh, but I had been in England uh, about three weeks before this, and I, I, I could feel this warfare around the house, and I could feel that the enemy was trying to take it from me. And I was, I was actually at a friend's house in, in Derby, in England, a little townhouse. He had, uh, this is a wild house. He had, a, he had this thing decorated with knights in the hallways and everything. And it was just <laughs> bizarre. You know? It was kind of creepy because like, like a 200-year-old house, you know, and you look walking down the hallway and here's a, a knight in shining armor uh, by the bathroom door, you know. <laughs> Woo! So I'm down, I go into the, the, the bedroom that they, they put me in, and he got one of those, like, Ikea beds. Do you know what I mean by Ikea? The little wooden beds with, like, wafers for boards, you know? And I'm 300 pounds, you know? I, I, don't, I don't fit well on those beds at all. I remember in the middle of the night, the bed snapped, and I went through it, butt up in the air like this. I was like, Jesus! So... <laughs> I, I got out of the bed. I, I put it all back together again. Got back in. Boom. Right through again. Twice. So I thought, well, three times it's got to work. The third time it went again. And so I put the mattress on the floor and started having a panic attack because now the, the door is blocked. If something happens, I'm not getting out of the room. This is a, all these fears, you know, that are going around. You can really get skitsy when you're on the road. Your mind just plays tricks on you. Uh, and, and on the floor, I hear God begin to speak, and he begins to give me scriptures. And then suddenly, my spirit leaves my body and goes downstairs into the kitchen sitting at this table that was like a picnic table in the kitchen. And on the other side of the table, there's an angel seated there. You know angels are what? Ministering spirits sent to minister to those who will inherit salvation. I told you this morning, 
about the angels of certitude that will be released in this hour because we're going to go through some things. But angels will come to strengthen you and give you hope in the fight. Amen? Can I get an amen? amen? Now, if you don't believe in angels, you just thought I lost my mind. And I get it because unless you've encountered these things, it sounds bizarre. But I can assure you there are angels and they're here tonight. Amen? They're all around you all the time. Whether you believe it or not. I heard one lady said to me the other day, I got two angels around me I thought my god why are you limiting that to two you got multitudes of angels around you multitudes of angels around you and you know they'll lift you up so you won't dash your foot against a stone I've heard angels laughing at me remember time three angels often three angels appear to me at the same time and everyone they were going <laughs> they were laughing their guts out at me just ridiculous laughter. I said, what? You know, like, what? What? Because I knew they were laughing at me. And they were like, well, if it wasn't for us, you would have been dead a long time ago. And for some reason, that made them laugh. You know what I mean? <laughs> Whew. Thank you, Jesus. So I'm sitting at this table in England. And I look across, and there's an angel there. And I said, what's your name? And he said, edified to do anything. And see, angels won't necessarily tell you their names. They will tell you their function, what they've come to do. So I had to look these things up. Like, what does edified mean? Edify, to edify, when I edify you, I build you up so that you can do what you're called to do. And, and really what he was saying is nothing is impossible for God. And this was in conjunction with the house. And so the Lord was saying, I have given you a plan, a plan for this house. It has been, it's been confirmed to you through dreams and visions, but also by prophets that you trust, that this is my will for your life. You may be going through some storms, but you will get this house. So when suddenly, I, two weeks later, the bank tells me I'm not going to get a mortgage, I had a full-fledged panic attack. But I knew that I knew that I knew we were going to get through the storm because the God of hope gave me peace and joy in believing. Amen? And I declare over you that you too will experience the God of hope. That you will have encounters that will strengthen you to see your children resurrected. To see your families resurrected. To see your homes established. Amen? Whew, so I get... I, I, it was a, <laughs> we ended up praying and God gave us wisdom. We connected with someone who was able to get us a mortgage in place. The only thing is it costed me now three times what my other mortgage was. And on paper, I looked like a high risk, you know what I mean? For three years, we had to pay this exorbitant amount for the mortgage. And God never, ever missed a payment. And on paper, we should not have been able to do what we did, but we did it. Not only that, we thrived in it, and God provided even more. My income, when I moved into that house, doubled. It doubled. Because God, when he sets you into a place, when you step out by faith into the place that God has for you, 
all of heaven's resources will come to you to establish you in that. You know yourself probably when you got this church, it's like, how are we going to do this? Suddenly, new money begins to appear. Or whatever it is God calls you to do. I could tell you, I'm going to tell you a few more stories like that because I, I want you to have peace in your life no matter what's about to come. We've had a lot of what we call high inflation. Uh, this is really the beginning of famine. Uh, inflation really is like famine. When prices begin to go up, it's because there's limited resource. Something's limited. So prices become higher because more people want it. So you pay more. Whoo! It doesn't matter what you do. When there's a limited thing, people will, will uh, they'll, they'll pay anything to get it. So this will increase in the season ahead. Uh, that's okay, though. don't matter. I, I said this morning, and I, I said all week since I've been down here, I've had dreams of famine, and, and it's not something that I want, and it's not something that God wants, but uh, when you've got governments as rebellious as what we've got in the world today, do you understand what I'm saying? COVID hits what happened. These, these pharaohs became harder in their hearts. And really, uh, all the things that they have done, every, let's go on about like sexual immorality within America, within Canada. Let's go on about uh, all the confusion that's taken place and they're getting harder in their hearts about it. And they've been attacking even Christians and calling Christians bigots because they do not affirm their idea of morality. Their idea of morality is completely opposed to Scripture. They're destroying the image of people, right? I just met somebody whose son had everything cut off and new wiring put in and wants to be called Lexi. And how many people's families are going through this? How many? Whoo! Thank you, Father. There's confusion in our times. And the governments have been backing it up and paying for it. Do you know that, I don't know if it's in Canada, I think in Canada, a teenager or a nine-year-old can go into the doctor and get medication to destroy their sexuality without the permission of the children or their parents. That's in America, too. This is the times that we live in. And the teachers in the schools are putting pornography in front of five-year-olds. Like absolute full-blown pornography and calling it righteous. It isn't righteous. What do you think God is going to do? Whoo, there is judgment that is coming. But you and I in Christ, uh, we don't have to be afraid. We live in a spiritual Goshen. You know, I was in the middle of the trucker protest in Canada, and really that was a righteous protest. Because the government was taking away the human rights of the people and justifying it. And then they went further. They actually overstepped because the Canadian truckers were coming into America. They were called heroes in the beginning because they were driving into America, coming, like, coming and going, not afraid of COVID, but just doing their jobs when the bureaucrats in Ottawa were staying at home. Right? They were at home. <laughs> and they're still at home. 
and they're angry because they got to go back to work. They got to leave their house. But Lord, we just declare a new day. Amen. So the truckers were coming across and suddenly our prime minister said, you won't be allowed to do it anymore. We're taking your jobs away from you. And he took the jobs away from the nurses. He took the jobs away from the teachers who wouldn't get vaccinated. Uh, 20%. Suddenly, uh, there's a problem in, in businesses. They don't have enough staff, right? It's probably been happening here too. And they're wondering why. Because <laughs> nobody wants to work. Whew, it's not worth the pay. The trouble that you got to go through. The abuse. Uh, that's been taking place and justified because of uh, this fear of this disease. Amen? There's no faith. I get it. It was scary. I had a lot of friends die. A lot of people will say that they died of the remedy. No, a lot of them died of COVID. A lot of my friends died of that disease. I've sat with people all around America and in Canada whose spouses passed away during this time whose uh, mothers and fathers died. Uh, it, it, I had one pastor in Texas buried at least 11 or 12 people uh, of COVID because uh, it hit so strong. That town was called the COVID capital of Texas. And I preached in that town right in the middle of all that. We had 250 people show up for revival. Whew, and God moved. My fear of COVID was destroyed last year. Uh, when I did 27 states in uh, six weeks, preached in 25 uh, different cities, uh, and I had to buy a car for that, and God gave it to us, paid it in full, and then we gave it away at the end, amen? God is good. My faith increased in that season because I trusted God. Are you going to trust God? Are you going to believe? Maybe you don't, you don't have any reason to believe right now because you haven't been praying for belief. You've just been accepting the anxiety, the fear, the death, the destruction. Instead of saying, God, where are you in the midst of this? Show me why I should trust you in the midst of this. This is your prayer. This is how you pray. Instead of going, ah. <laughs> ah. Ah. Some of that's all you do. Oh, my God. You're right angry with me right now. What did you want to preach? What kind of preacher do you want? Someone that's going to cuddle you? Come on now. Or be strengthened by. Thank you, Lord. I want to see you strong in the Lord. Amen? And in the power of his might. Uh, you know, you don't have to be afraid of anything. Nothing. There's nothing you should be afraid of but God alone. Amen? Woo. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. You know, my house, go back to that. So it was paid for, and the house was twice the value of the other one. COVID hits, and suddenly that house tripled in value. <laughs> Whoo! God knows what he's doing. Are you hearing me? God knows what he's doing. God knows what he's doing. When he wants to bless you, you may have the fight to inherit it, but when he blesses you, you're blessed to overflowing. You're going to be blessed completely, amen? A, a year and a half ago, God gave me a dream. No, it was three years ago because I was here in the RV. You remember the RV? 
<laughs> Ooh, I was driving across Canada. I only had three churches lined up for a 10,000-kilometer journey. Now, that's a long way if you guys don't. I know you talk miles down here, but that would be about 6,000 miles, and three churches ain't going to pay for that trip. I'm just going to tell you that right now. But the Lord showed me a highway of holiness across Canada, and I had to go across. So I put my five kids and my wife in that old van I used to drive here, and that, that van, my God, every town we went into, somebody was praying that it would make to the next town. Oh, it was always, please pray for the van. People would lay hands on my van, and it would go from town to town. Uh, the last year I had it, 2019, it was an uh, old Econel 150. Uh, ended up, Lydia put it in the ditch, and every time we went down the highway, it wanted to go into the ditch again after that. It was just, it wasn't a safe van anymore. And I remember uh, we had to take that. Now, 20, uh, it was about uh, 18,000 miles I was going to drive around in America in that van. And I remember one night, just got the van. I want a new one. I want a new one. And an angel appeared in a dream. You see, let me read this again. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace in believing. When, when you encounter the heavenly realm, when God speaks to you, when you're in, encouraged by angels, it gives you hope to believe. <laughs> so an angel shows up in my dream. He goes, you know that van? I said, yeah. It's old, but she'll hold. <laughs> so now I know I got to go right around America in this old van. It, it made it. That thing made it. You know, we, we were coming down the mountains from uh, California down to Reno. Whoo! I mean, you want to talk about snow, there's like 12 feet of snow on each side of the van. Maybe 20 in some places. Just really high snow. I'm coming down the mountain. She'll be coming around the mountain. No, When she comes. I was coming down that mountain. Thank you, Father. And there was slush in the middle of the highway, and I didn't really notice it. And there's a huge transport truck right here. <laughs> I hit the slush, and there's like, you can't believe the drop over on this side. She went. I was like, God, your whole family is there with you. Oh, God, she made it through. She held. We were in the Grand Canyon. We were in the deserts. We were in San Francisco in that. We went up to Mount Rushmore in that. We drove across to the prairies in that thing, around the Great Lakes, into Florida, into Texas, all through the south. And that thing made it back home, amen? Because God is a good God who is true to his word. I'm happy to say I have a much nicer car now. Thank you, Lord. I'm happy. But when we were coming across, we went across Canada in 2019, three churches. Uh, it turned in, I ended up preaching in about 12 or 13 churches going across because that's what God does. When he sends you, things begin to open up just like this, just bang, bang, bang. Uh, the wind of the spirit gives you favor, Amen. As you enter into what God says, you'll have favor for this. So I'm going across, I get somewhere, and I have a dream, and I see myself driving an RV. And I remember, I wish I had said that it would take 80000 to pay for that because I would have had a nicer RV. But I said, God, that'll cost $40,000. And I was like, that'll take me like 10, 15 years to pay off. This is in my mind. 
This is what happens when you enter into a spiritual, you try to put human terms to it or uh, try to qualify it or quantify it numerically in your own mind with the math problems that you're used to. You know what I mean? And I'm like, that's 40 grand divided by, you know, that's like five, $600 a month for like five or six to 10 years. I've got God, there's no way. Well, I wrestled with this, but God spoke it. And let's read that scripture again. Now may the God of hope, say God of hope, fill you with all joy and peace in believing, amen, that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you and it helps you to believe the gift of faith. It's one of the gifts of the Spirit, but it's also the fruit of the Spirit. If you read Galatians 5.22, in the middle of that, faith is a fruit. If you read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, faith is a gift. So it's fruit and it's a gift. It's just one of those things comes by the Holy Spirit. You get it. He gives it to you. He gives it images. The gift part is seeing by the Spirit. And when you see by the Spirit, you know that's the gift. But then your faith grows. And it increases, and suddenly you're able to believe for more and more because you've exercised, so your faith has grown. Can I get an amen? Your faith is growing. I declare it in Jesus' name. But the gift of faith will come so that you'll see, and then you'll believe, and then your faith will grow stronger again. So it's fruit, and it's a gift of faith. The gift part is seen by the Holy Spirit, by dreams and visions, by the small, still voice, by promptings, by prophets speaking, uh, that word will come in many ways. Amen? You could be driving down the road, and the answer to your cry out was on the side of the truck next to you. This has happened to me, uh, where I'm like, God! I look over, and there's the answer right on a big transport truck right beside you. God can speak in many ways. Uh, It is time is a word for this hour. It is time for the revival of revivals and we're entering into it it came to me i was in charlotte and i looked and there was a clock i i do photography so i went back and i was editing my picture and i'm writing it is time i look up and gee is on there the guy that you gave me that uh, robe or you know i mean i think that's why you gave it because i told this story thank you lord uh and on the screen during the commercial it says it is time I'm writing, it is time on my phone. I look on the TV, it says, it is time. That's a one in a million that that would happen. One in a million. I I was just about to go on to Sid Roth. I said, Sid, it's time. The Lord, and I told him all this. When my show came out three months later, I'm watching my show, but my Facebook is open. And I'm listening to myself say, it is time. And I scroll, and suddenly... One of my friends who's a prophet wrote, it is time, I'm reading, it is time on my phone, and we're saying it is time on the TV at the same time. Three times. What's the odds of this? What are the odds of that? You guys who know math know that that's a very unlikely odds. That is God speaking. This is how God speaks. He's the God of hope. Whoo! He's the God of hope. And and his hope is what? His word. His Logos word. Get into the Bible and read the Bible. You'll have plenty of hope. I always tell people, are you depressed, anxious, and fearful? Well, take a dose of the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms. David was crazy. 
David, David was anxious. He was fearful. And when you read the Psalms, you know, your anxious heart comes in tune with his, but David's anxious heart went to the Lord and he was strengthened. And you will be strengthened by the word of God. And I declare over you, you will be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So I'm crossing and I get this word about the RV. And I, I just, I didn't know what to do with it. So I said, onto the internet. I just said, guys, I don't, I don't know what's going on. God uh, wants me to believe for an RV. Can you pray for me? This is all I said. Pray for me that I would have faith to believe for this. Well, I remember uh, Evangelist Bobby Hill from Texas. Uh, my PayPal goes bing. And she sent me the first $100 for the RV. Now, $100 when you need 40 grand, what do you do with this? You know, I'm going to put that in the bank and hope it grows, you know what I mean? I thought you might as well put it in a baggie and put it in the freezer, you know what I mean? Like, how long is that going to take? And then my faith stretched, and within, within 10 days, I had raised $40,000. We bought that vehicle in cash. And then suddenly I start believing you could buy vehicles with cash because now my faith is strengthened. And now I bought two vehicles, three vehicles this way in the last three years. God is good, amen. He will strengthen your faith. The key is to hear his voice. What does he want to strengthen your faith to believe for? Some of you got dreams that are not from God. And you've been praying and praying that God will bless your dreams. Remember I said, the, God said to me in my dream, Darren, I can't bless your plans for your life. But I can bless my plans for your life. That means you're going to have to lie down in the presence or begin to meditate upon God for his dreams to come to you. And when his dreams come to you, he will give you a strategy to enter into that dream. My whole life and my whole ministry has been paved this way. This is, I've been living for 17 years. And when people first met me, they thought I was crazy. And until they start seeing these things happen. And then suddenly they were wanting me to write books. You know what I mean? How did you do this, man of God? Can you pray for me, man of God? Yes. This is how God wants us all to be blessed. The book that was released through my, my show with Sid Roth, they titled it Tuning Into the Frequency of God. And I encourage you to get this and be strengthened by it. And actually, there's powerful teachings that I've released there too uh, that you can get. But I can't give them to you. They're, they're selling those right now. I'll have them later on. But you need to get into the word. You need to get into prayer. Prayer is really like wrestling match with God. It really is because you're like, God, God, God. You know, you sound like an old raven on a tree. Woo! You know what I mean? Like, you just got to be real with God. Some people are like just want to pray. Now lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die, and I used to think I would die every time I prayed. But I don't know about you, but I was like always like my head was underneath the blanket looking up at the ceiling after that one. Before I wake, 
I pray the Lord my soul to take. If that's the extent of your prayer, uh, well, you may die. <laughs> and I hope you go to glory, amen? But really, God wants to talk with you. He wants to chat with you. He wants to have a dialogue with you. Well, you say, I don't know if God speaks. Well, he does. So the first thing you do is you repent. God, forgive me for limiting the way that you speak. Some of you have been trained to think that God only speaks in certain ways. And because you don't realize that God is infinite and has infinite capacity to speak, God knows all the languages in the earth. He knows how to communicate with you. He knows your language. He knows how to speak to you. Whoo, and he will. But you have to say this, God, I believe you can speak, but forgive me for believing you can't speak. Because on an intellectual level, you may believe God has the ability to speak to you. But on an experiential level, you've not experienced his voice. Therefore, uh, you don't know that he can speak. The man who came to Jesus with the demon-possessed son used to throw himself fire. He said, Jesus, deliver my son. Jesus said, do you believe? He said, I believe, but help my unbelief. My favorite guy in the Bible. He's the most honest, one of the most honest guys in the Bible, right? Whew, he's like, yeah, I believe, but I don't believe. That is the truth that we all wrestle with. Uh, you know, Pastor, you and I know, and the ministers know, we're not perfect, are we, at all. I mean, it, it, you may think that pastors and leaders are perfect, but because they're imperfect, the Bible says, they can have compassion for your imperfection. Whoo, thank you, Father. If you're looking for perfection in a leader, and I've, people do this all the time, they don't realize they're doing it. They get hurt and they walk away. Because that leader failed them. And that'll happen. You gotta you gotta get past that. That's a sign of immaturity. You're you're a baby. If you're allowing leaders to hurt you that way, you gotta forgive them, move on. You can move to other places, but don't be speaking against them and don't expect the next lot of leaders to be any different than the ones that you were with before. They're gonna be just as imperfect, amen. I heard a young man the other day, he got hurt by me somehow. Uh, really what it was, he was in rebellion. And I'm not talking rebellion to anything I said. I knew he was in rebellion to God's plan for his life. And he was trying to get something that he was not going to get. And no matter what you told him, he didn't believe you. So three years later, he didn't get it. So he walks away from the Lord, angry at the people because he thinks they stopped him from getting what God wants, when really it was God, not God's will for his life. And so many people confuse God's will. You may get a dream or a vision and interpret it in a certain way that is actually incorrect. Many times we do this. Whoo! You know what I mean? And then you begin to try to make it happen. And it doesn't work out for you. Some people, unfortunately, live most of their lives Oh, 25 years ago, I got a word, and it still hasn't come to pass. And I go, you poor bugger. 
Because that should have come to pass. Whoo! You just didn't have the tools or the wisdom to enter into the things that God had for your life. And it really is about prayer. This is how I would pray. God, forgive me for thinking I understood how things were supposed to come to pass. I repent for trying to form your will. God, I give you permission to form your will in my life in any way you wish to do it. You, do, you will not necessarily know in advance what God is going to do. You'll get prophetic words that will come to you, and they will come to pass, and you didn't realize they came to pass. Until afterward, you'll go, oh, my gosh, that's what I saw years ago. Whoo, thank you, Lord. I'm living it now. Some of you have lived God's will for your life and didn't realize you did. Oh, my God, that's terrible. You imagine you get up there and you say, God, I didn't do it. He said, what do you mean? Look back. See this, 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 and this. That's how I fulfilled that word in your life. Give up the ownership of it all and give it back to God. God, I give you permission to fulfill your will in my life any way you want. And God, I give you permission to strip everything that you need to strip from me in order for me to enter into that will. And watch what happens. It may be like a whirlwind hit your house. But suddenly, everything begins to change and shift. And suddenly, you're entering into the plans that God had for your life. Well, I know that might be a tough word, but uh, I want to see you maximize uh, your destiny. You don't have to settle for less. Most of us, as a prophetic person, uh, often people come up, can you pray for me for God's destiny for my life? And I'm like, no. I had a friend today rebuke somebody for that. Can you tell me what God's will is for my life? No. You want the easy way out. You don't want to lie down on your face and ask God to show you. I, I may operate prophetically and give you glimpses, but there's no way I'm going to sit here and try to figure out God's will for your life because I could be wrong. You need to figure this out. You need to lie down and figure out what God wants. When lie down just means being humble before the Lord, waiting upon him. Maybe you need to journal your thoughts out. You know, God's will is really for you to live a quiet life, living in hospitality with the neighbors, blessing one another, blessing your family, taking care of one another. When you do that, you're living God's will for your life. Not everybody's called to do what I'm doing. Whew, I know if you have a desire, the Bible says desire to greater gifts, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, from 27 to 31, it says, desire to be an apostle, prophet, teacher, the miracles, administrations, helps. Desire these things. Who Desire the greater gifts. These are called the greater gifts. Desire to become the gift. It's desire that will help you to enter into the gifts. And as you desire it, you will do whatever you need to do to become the gift. This is why I'm living the way I am today. I did what I did, and I've lived the way I've lived because I desired to become what God said I should become. He said to me years ago in a dream, what does it mean to prophetic 
what does it mean to be prophetic and what does it mean to, prophet or to be a prophet? I thought, why are you asking me that, God? He didn't ask me that because he needed the answer. That then, when he spoke that, became the desire of my heart to understand what this meant. And so I began to study to show myself approved. And out of that came books because suddenly I had to understand what these things meant. And I declare a release of revelation, wisdom, and knowledge upon you right now to enter into the things that God has ordained for your life. Some of you will just leave tonight, go to McDonald's or you know, Taco Bell or somewhere like this and eat natural food. And be satisfied with that. And you'll be praying for more food for tomorrow. You'll forget what I'm saying. And that'll be probably, let's say, 80% of you. Woo-hoo, thank you, Jesus. A few of you may get what I'm saying, and I pray you do. Because if one of you gets what I'm saying, you can change the whole nation for the Lord. It only takes one person to be zealous after God. To make a change in this city. One person who is not afraid to lay down their life. To suspend all their activities in order to graft into the voice of God. I can assure you, you're not going to. It's not like I did it for nine months. Nine months when I first got saved. I walked away from everything. And I began to seek God 24 hours a day. On my face a lot of the time. In the woods alone most of the That nine period, I was probably alone 90, 95% of the time. Praying and seeking God. And then the visions and the, and the revelations began. I began to pick up resources, books that began to feed my spirit. And then I had hunger for greater knowledge. And the Lord led me down a path where suddenly this book would come, that book would come, uh, this, this uh, uh, CD or DVD would come, and suddenly I'm being programmed with the voice of the Lord to understand. Uh, you know, in the first year, I, I was introduced to the Elijah list, and I was reading Elijah list prophets, and I was like, God, I love this. I want to be an Elijah list prophet. It took 10 years more. And then I met Steve Schultz on the Elijah list, and he said, Dan, why don't you be an Elijah list prophet? I did not have to seek that out. That just began to happen from a desire in my heart that I needed an outlet for the revelation that God was given to me. And God will provide outlets for you in your life. And I declare it is so in Jesus' name. Some of you, I don't know you because I don't know what your destiny is. I, I might prophesy over you and give you little glimpses, but I'll probably forget two minutes later. It's as simple as this. It's your job. You have to pay the price. You have to lay down your life. You have to be like Peter. You have to be like John. You have to be like Paul. Paul gave up the intellectual life. He could have been one of the top leaders in his nation, in the Judaic tradition. But when God spoke, he walked into the desert, laid it all down. For three years he was in the desert, getting revelations from the Lord, having encounters with God. And suddenly his spirit was filled up with truth. Jesus trained him. And he came out of that encounter and look what this man did. He did ridiculous journeys for his time. I used to look at the back of the Bible when I was a boy and see Paul's journeys and I go, 
And he says he went, woo, and that's not in the Bible. This man had faith. I said, God, I want to be like this. I want to be like, I want to be so wild that people can't figure out where it is I am. <laughs> and they'll go, there, where are you now? And I come over in Florida, and then where is he now? He's in Africa. Where is he now? In India. Where is he now? He's at home. Thank God he's home. I don't know how many people say, thank God he's home. I was praying for two weeks. <laughs> Whew. Desire to be wild. I had one guy recently came up to me, pastor. He goes, when I first met you, I thought you were just this fat white guy balding. I was like, thank you. In other words, you're no good because you're like, you know, you don't really, you don't look like the image of uh, what you should look like to do what you're doing. You know what I mean? <laughs> thank you. You know, when people, get, people get too real with you and too familiar. It's like they think they know you and you're like, settle down. He's like, but then I started seeing you go. And I couldn't believe it. Everywhere you went, wild stuff was happening. And now he wants to hang out with you, right? Whoo, they do. They, they will see your faith and you will inspire them. Yeah. Some of you don't know who I am. I don't care. Guy comes up all the time, never at least once a week. Someone will come up to me and they'll go, I've never heard of you before. And I said, Well, that's fine. I've never heard of you either. Why do I care? You know who I am. <laughs> I don't care if you know who I am. If you don't remember my name, that ain't going to hurt my feelings. I can tell you that right now. But if you don't remember the presence of God in this room right now, that's your problem. When I was five years old, not much bigger than this boy right here on the front row, my grandma made me go to church. I'm sure this guy's like dragged in her mom. I don't want to go to church again. Dragging me into church. You know what I mean? It's like the word is like it's like three syllables. Church. I had to go to church. They dragged me in there Sunday morning and Sunday night. You know what I mean? And look, good God, if a revival breaks out, you're being dragged in every day of the week, all day of the week, amen? But I was dragged to church, and thank my grandma did it. My grandma dragged me to church, and I would get tired. It would be wintertime, and they put me underneath the pew and put my coats down there, and I'd be lying down and trying to sleep, but the Holy Spirit would sneak underneath the pew. And that presence of God that you're feeling right now I felt when I was younger than this young man right here. By the way, he feels the presence. When you're older, you will not forget what you felt here because it's going to happen again. And you will be a wild man of God. You'll be like John the Baptist. I declare it preparing the way of the Lord. Amen. Because so, look, and you won't remember. You say, I remember this old preacher because to him I'm old. You know what I mean? I remember that old preacher. I don't remember his name. I don't even remember what he looks like. But I can feel the presence, and I remember feeling it there that night. And it will keep you. It will keep you. Because that kept me. When I was 32 years old, I walked into a church about this size, 
And you guys have been, I think, up there. Were you ever to my church in Canada? And uh, it's not much bigger than this, but the Holy Spirit was moving like wild in that place. And uh, I remember walking through that door and feeling the presence going, this is what I felt when I was five. And that's the day I turned away from atheism and liberalism and turned to Jesus with my whole heart because I remembered the presence of God. And I declare you will remember the presence of God. Father, I thank you for these people. I want to pray for some of you tonight. Amen. By the way, don't get offended if I don't remember you either. This is not even important. Thank you, Lord. I've seen like tens of thousands of faces. Nothing like Sonny Rudd's, though. <laughs> or, you know, there's some people you know. Whew. I could be in Africa and see a black man. He looks just like you. It's ridiculous when that happens. I go, oh, my God, he looks just like, he looks like my dad. He looks like my mom. Whew. This happened. I mean, in Asia, look at a person go, that looks like my mama or my grandma. The whole world is the Lord's. Amen. And I declare you're the family of God. Lord, we thank you for your presence. I'm going to read that scripture one more time. Romans 15, verse 13. Now, may the God of hope, he's the God of hope, may he fill you with all joy and peace in believing. May you be so filled with the Holy Spirit and power that the gift of faith will always operate in your life day by day so that you will be able to do everything that God has called you to do. And may you grow in faith, the fruit of faith, from faith to faith, from faith to faith, from faith to faith. You're going from faith to faith, from glory to glory, from strength to strength. You're being strengthened in your faith. And I declare over you, you will do great and mighty things. The Bible says in Jeremiah 33, call 33, 3, 333, and I'm sure you, many of you have seen 333 uh, over and over. Uh, it's Jeremiah, call out to me, and I will tell you great and mighty things you never knew. As you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. Turn away from sin. Turn the TV off. Turn the internet off. Stop worrying about movies. Stop worrying about sports. Stop worrying about people and seek God. And as you do, the God of hope will so fill you with joy and peace in believing you will begin to have visions of your every hour of your every day. You will know who you're going to be 10 years from now. You will know who you're going to be 20 years from now. God will show you the paths that you will take. I've seen my future. And somebody said to me the other day, did you know you were going to be on Sid Roth? All the Yes. 17 years ago, I knew it. Because I saw it. Why? Because the God of hope 
gave me peace and joy in believing. He showed me what I would do. It took a long time to get there. And there are many more visions that will come to pass. Because there's timings and there's seasons. And I declare, you will enter into your every time and your every season. It is time. So rise up in Jesus' name. This is the hour of the great reformation. The great awakening. You may say, I hope so, brother. <laughs> People are funny. Woo! People are funny. This is the hour of the great reformation. The Lord has said this to me. Over the last year, I've heard this. God is moving in this hour. He told me not to worry about Canada. He said, like my old van, he said, she's old, but she'll hold he told me, America, she's old, but she'll hold. Why? Because there's a believing people who are going to pray and believe. Tough times may come, but the God of hope will strengthen you with joy and peace in believing. The angels will come, angels of certainty, certitude, to speak, and they will speak God's word, which will strengthen you. And you will have the wine of the Holy Spirit. This is the joy and peace in believing. You will be strengthened by heaven to endure everything that's coming your way. And you will be strong. So I just gave you a warning, but I gave you encouragement too. You will be fine. Actually, I was, I was driving here. Do you know that the number 358 in the Hebrew numeric is the number for Messiah? And I see this all the time. For the last 15 years, I see 358 everywhere. I'm seeing Jesus when I see this. And every time I see it, the Lord's saying, Jesus is saying, everything's fine. And as I came here tonight, I saw 358. The Hebrew numeric, you can type it into your uh, little Googles there and say, Hebrew numeric, 358. It's for Messiah. He's strengthening you tonight. You will be strong. Father, I declare that into the atmosphere right now. This is the hour of a great strengthening. These people will be strong in Jesus' name. And I declare, get ready for more. Get ready for more. Get ready for the God of hope to come with peace and joy in your believing. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.